Welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the business side of creativity in the outdoor industry. I talk to some of our industry's finest leaders, entrepreneurs, freelancers, and creatives about crafting a life and a career based upon being outside. Hi, welcome to Outside by Design, the podcast about the creative side of the outdoor industry. I'm your host, Lisa Slagle. For those of you who don't know, I own a creative agency called Wheelie Creative. We call ourselves a new school creative agency for people who thrive outside. Today, I am talking to Brooklyn Bell. She is a mountain biker and an artist and uh, just like an all-around brilliant, thoughtful, imaginative, incredibly cool person. Uh, Brooklyn is only 22 years old, and her wisdom goes far beyond that. So I think you'll find this podcast really interesting because she talks about diversity, inclusion in the outdoor industry, and what that means to her and what that looks like to her. And I think that her answer to not having her own hero in the mountain bike and ski industry and not having someone she identified with. I think her response to that is mind-blowing. She's a brave, smart, incredible person. So if you are a brand manager or a marketing manager or journalist or really a human being who has been tasked with or is willing to step up to the task of making the outdoor industry more inclusive for everyone, and that means race and age and skill level and all kinds of different things. Um, if, if that is something you are interested in and if that is something that is part of your job as well, this is an excellent podcast because we have the privilege of speaking to someone who is eloquent and articulate and able to verbalize a lot of the things that maybe we don't get the chance to talk about all the time. And I think that I'm the first to admit that the topic of diversity can be really, really challenging and intimidating when you're actually having it. It's a lot easier to talk about the concept of it than it is to actually, you know, ask questions and listen to the answers. I think Brooklyn's an incredible person and we can all learn a lot from her. And also her artwork is insane. It's so good. So Brooklyn's going to go huge. Well, hey, Brooklyn, thank you so much for being here today. Hi. Stoked you're here. Um, so the first question that we always ask everybody who's on the podcast is to describe where they're at and what their setting looks like. Ooh. Um, right now, I am in the Western Washington Computer Lab in the design department. Um, right now, it's open lab. Uh, I'm like sitting in a like row of Macs there's a bunch of other people working on stuff and probably being really disruptive <laughs> um, and um, I am talking with you right before I go and get some work done that's the most unique answer we've had so far <laughs> wow so you are still a student in Bellingham and you're studying design and when when do you graduate I graduate next spring. Wow. That's, and you're already just a graphic design machine. I have to. Like, if I don't do it, then what am I doing? (laughs) 
Yeah. So what uh, a lot of so our audience is a lot of people who work in editorial or other people mm-hmm. who work in creative or marketing managers and brand managers, um, and anyone that was at uh, No Man's Land Film Festival is going to be familiar with your work because you had a presentation there. But for those people that might not be as familiar with you, why don't you describe who you are and what you do? Um. So my name is Brooklyn Bell. Um, I am finishing up my last year of um, design courses at WWU. Uh, I'm a passionate mountain biker and skier um, and also a graphic designer. Um, my main focus is illustration art. And part of being an athlete and part of being an artist is having a voice. And so um, through social media and being able to use my voice with my art and my writing, um, I've been able to talk about issues um, surrounding diversity and inclusion. And I do that because um, as a woman of color, um, it just, it helps me in my self-esteem and it makes me feel beautiful inside and out and um, it helps change culture. That was just a very eloquent answer. (laughs) Yeah, I try. I have to talk about this stuff a lot. (laughs) Wow. That's an interesting trifecta that you're blending. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about kind of like, how'd you get, how did you get started in design and like, why, why is design your calling and um, how do you feel like that expresses, is is a good outlet to express who you are? Um, I started, um, like getting interested in design when I was maybe 13 or 14. Um, I started in Photoshop, playing around with things, stitching things together. And then when I got into high school, I, my mom signed me up for all my classes and she signed me up for yearbook because she thought I would really like it. Um, and my freshman year in high school and yearbook, I had these terrible editors who were not very organized. Um, and had terrible taste and <laughs> made, like, made us make all these things that were not really important and not very beautiful. And by the end of high school, I was like, I want to be editor so I can change things and I can bring a product to all of my peers that they're going to love and remember. Um, and so that's kind of like how I started um, getting to design. And from there... Um, I had graduated high school and I wanted to continue creating and I wanted to continue kind of like pouring my soul into design, but I didn't really have um, the equipment. I feel like I still don't really have the equipment to make all the things that I want to make. Um, But I got into just drawing and fine art and I was still really loving using Photoshop and InDesign. So I would draw something, scan it in, play with it in Photoshop and figure out how to um, kind of like blend um, like the things that I did have, like the free version of GIMP that I did have with um, something new um, and be able to continue problem solving and working um, in that kind of sort of way. Do you... uh use real art supplies or are you mostly using a, like a tablet or some type of drawing tablet? Um, I actually don't use a drawing tablet. I get that question a lot. Um, yeah. 
for me, like a drawing tablet doesn't feel very fluid yet. Um, I think if I spent more time with it, it would feel really comfortable. I think drawing something out and then putting it directly into the computer creates these really strange constraints that kind of bend and shape the way that I design in a really cool way. I really like your use of like a really hard, perfect circle for a sun Mm -hmm. or a moon. I really like how you have the contrast with like that perfect geometric shape Mm -hmm. built with like a lot of line art and mountains. Um, I think that style is amazing and unique. Where'd where'd you kind of, how did that come to be? What's, what's up with you in the circle? Um, I think that just comes from like having all these constraints within, um, the program within Photoshop, within Adobe Suite, like working on the computer and kind of like having to just like stamp things together and cut things out and like problem solve in really unique ways. Yeah, I don't know. And I think some of my inspirations don't necessarily come from like a lot of non-art. I get a lot of inspiration from um, Leif Podeski and also the designer that makes all of the artwork for Tycho. So kind of like these dreamy, weird, futuristic landscapes. Yeah, I think it's super unique. Thank you. And everybody should go check out your work on your website, which is brooklynbelldesign.com. We'll have show notes at the end, but if anybody wants to check out Brooklyn's work while we're talking, I highly recommend it. So you know what we're talking about because her style is super badass and unique. Thank you. Yeah. It's a really interesting fusion too on the fine art as well. Um, and I like to say that fine art kind of asks questions and the role of graphic design is to solve problems. And you have a really interesting blend of those two. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think it's cool. Are you, are you finding that like brands enjoy putting your work on their apparel and people are responding to that? Yeah, I think so. I think people really enjoy it. I think what's been really interesting is, um, like, I felt like before I was drawing stuff of places that I wanted to go, and then I went there, which was really neat, and then now, now it feels, like, really fluid in the places that I'm drawing, so I'm kind of just rapid fire, just kind of, like, drawing whatever landscapes kind of like come out of um, my mind and it's just really cool to see who identifies with what fictional landscape I put together and somebody's like oh I've seen that place before and I'm like okay Um, but (laughs) I think there is something that is really special and universal about landscapes whether they're real or fictional like there's something that makes somebody want to be there or somebody has a memory of a place that looks like that place. So I think a lot of people, when they see my art, there's like a strong connection to place. Yeah. Um, That word is called topophilia, connection to place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I noticed like you really embody this fusion of athlete and artist. And how do you see those things being connected? Because you bike really fast and then, you know, your work that and your craft is very sedentary. So how do you, how do you make that fusion? Like, where, what does that look like to you? <laughs> it's so funny. I, like, I think my, like, really articulate, really 
like fancy answer is I kind of have like the slogan of uh, drawing and dropping lines. You know, like I go out skiing, I'm on the chairlift, I'm looking at all the contour lines, figuring out, you know, like what feature I'm going to hit first, what's the next one, um, trying to be creative in that sense. Um, same thing with mountain biking. Um, like it's all about flow. It's all about style. Same thing with my art. Um, I feel like that flow, that fluidity transfers over. But I think my like messy answer is probably that I just have ADHD and <laughs> I am constantly making art and it's just like black coming out of me. And then I get burnt out on the art and then I'm like, oh my God, I need to go move my body. So I am always riding my bike every single day or always climbing. Something is going on with my body and something is being occupied by my mind. That's nice. <laughs> Do you share a mattress with someone and one, one person likes the mattress soft and squishy and the other person likes the mattress to be hard like they're sleeping on the floor? There's mattresses out there for that. I don't know what they are, but I can tell you about a great creative agency, Really Creative, where we know nothing about mattresses and everything about branding. I fooled you, you thought that was gonna be a mattress ad, but really it's for a creative agency. Uh, we believe that life should be lived, felt, and shouted from mountaintops, and therefore Wheelie is a new school creative agency for people who thrive outside. We do branding, strategy, content, tons of video work, tons and tons of product launches. WheelieCreative.com. You won't regret it, and we know nothing about mattresses. Like earlier in the conversation, how you framed these things around like giving you a voice. Mm -hmm. um, so what does that look like to you? And how is that coming up in your life, um, especially on the diversity front? How, how is that coming into play as well for your voice? Oh, man, the voice that I, I owe so much to creating art. I feel like the voice that I've been able to have through art has changed over time. Um, when I first started getting into mountain biking and first started getting into skiing, for me, like my art was a way for me to um, kind of like be who I wanted to be without actually being there, like without actually having the gear, without actually being in the place. Um, like a really prime example of that is I've redrawn shucks in a bajillion times and I feel like last summer I finally got shucks in dialed like I finally feel good about this piece that I made and it was the next winter that I was able to go up to the shucks in arm and like ski her for the first time and that was my goal originally when I started like drawing her four years ago you know <laughs> um and so for me it's been able to be something that I've been able to grow into um, and then as I continue making art of course like art is always an outlet for like my emotions um, and how I view myself and how I view the world and I think one of the things I think about quite a bit is um, like art is just such a true 
version of like my inner beauty and I talk about that a lot through like social media um, because it's just true and it comes out of me and I create it I don't how do I phrase this I haven't been able to see like a lot of myself within outdoor industry um, and that has had like a big effect on kind of like my own perception of myself and my own ego and my own self-worth and my own self-beauty and so sometimes I have to like tell myself like oh yeah I like create something that comes from me that's beautiful everybody agrees that it's beautiful I see that it's beautiful therefore I am beautiful and like I know that and it's been really interesting being able to like share that with the world and be like, yeah, I've got this thing that makes me beautiful and I don't necessarily have to see myself out here. I want to, and that's what I'm working towards. I'm working towards diversity and inclusion, but this is my way of coping and dealing and, you know, like being able to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, and then, you know, I think some of the other projects that I've been, um, wanting to do um are i've been kind of like tinkering around with are creating characters and creating um like faces to um these people these diverse group of people that we don't really get to see in media very much i think like there are so many different tropes and um characters that we get to see like the bearded man like we always get to see like the bearded man like line illustration on everything i like can definitely say that chris benchutler has drawn the the bearded man on skis on his van on you know like a wall many many times but we don't get to see like any other characters or any tropes or anything like that so i'm trying to push um some new creative ideas within that realm too that's cool I love that. Uh, what what kind of characters are you highlighting? So the first character that I really started creating when I started getting into um, skiing, really, like skiing, I feel like just such an oddball. <laughs> but I wasn't seeing any women of color um, skiing, and I felt like I needed a hero. So I created this character. Her name is Ruby J. And she is like this badass, like black female skier. She's got this really cool septum piercing and she's got like these big brown lips. And she just looks like, she just looks like such a cool skier. And for like the last couple years, I have wanted so badly to just become her. And I've kind of let her kind of like follow me as I go along this journey of becoming athlete and becoming an artist. And, um, I think at first when I started creating her, she was just super badass. She was like hugging cliffs. She was like going on the backcountry, doing crazy stuff. And now that I've gotten a chance to get to know her and like grow with her, I realize that she's somebody who um, really like speaks her mind and stands up for others. And she's incredibly confident and um, driven. And she doesn't put up with anybody's bullshit. And, um, you know, like, she's really fighting for diversity and inclusion. And I think about um, her plans for me all the time. So the, the outdoor industry didn't provide you with a role model that you could identify with. So you just created your own. 
That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. She should have her own, like, book, illustrated books. and like... I think so. She needs to have her own book. She needs to have, like, her own skis, like, some goggles. Like, she needs to have everything. I love that. I love that. Um, so let's let's talk about the outdoor industry at large and and this sense of like how everyone is asking for di- diversity and brands are aware of this and they want this. And um, before I get in this with you, like I I just want to apologize if I ask anything that could be viewed as insensitive um, because I don't get the opportunity to actually ask these questions and have these conversations very often. So. Um, you know, between you and me, my intentions are very much to ask questions and to listen to your answers. And I feel like this is an area in the outdoor industry that everyone wants and supports, but we're all just kind of fumbling around, you know, so I just want to premise the conversation with that. And, and, you know, a few questions I have for you is like, it totally sucks that there was no role model for you. And it's phenomenal that you were able to create your own and I guess, like, what is it inside of you that that persisted instead of giving up and saying, I don't identify with anyone, you know, as far as, like, a role model or my own superhero? So, like, what in you forged through that? I love the dirt and I love to ski. <laughs> that's, like, that's really what it comes down to. And I have too much love for myself to let myself um, not have that. Because I deserve it. Heck yeah, you do. Yeah. Yeah. And and so did you fall in love with biking or skiing first? I feel like I am like, I feel like my sole sport is on biking. Um, but every, every winter I'm like, oh my gosh, the skiing thing is crazy. But skiing is a roller coaster ride. <laughs> it is <laughs> so emotional. There are some days that the weather turns out perfect for skiing and other days that it's just like so bad and you're just like at school waiting for like the forecast to like be updated 24 (laughs) seven. It's like trying to like date a boy who's, you know, like my age, 22. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great analogy. Yeah. (laughs) But it's fun. It is so much fun when it works. I love it. It's so fluid and so creative. That's good. I think what I like about non-biking, it's, it's probably the most challenging thing I've ever decided that I wanted to try and learn how to do. Like having the drive to be able to save up the money for the full suspension bike, having like the drive to be able to like every single day go out because the more time you spend on your saddle the better you're gonna get and the skills are not there like intuitively for me at the beginning um and I still am still trying to learn how to become a better writer um it's just it's tricky there's a like a vehicle that you're trying to drive and it's like this big thing of metal between your legs and once you get it it's it's magic yeah so you self-identify as a mountain biker before a skier. I think so, mainly because it's just like every single day, I try to fit it in like before class or after work or it's just so ingrained in what I do on the daily. Yeah, it's just part of who I am at this point. 
That's so awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. It's taken me a really long time to like really fully feel ownership over being a non-biker though. Um, and I think that goes back to just industry and not being able to see myself within industry. Do you think that starts with photography or like what's, what's your advice to brands who want to be inclusive for everyone, but they don't know where to start? Um, I would say one of the best ways to start is just building relationships, like getting to know people, getting to know a diverse group of riders, like diversity goes beyond race, like getting to know like really young riders, getting to know old riders, riders who are you know poor and rich like everywhere in between um and then you know photography is really great um i think having a relationship with somebody who is an athlete and then also you put them in front of photos um like having a deeper relationship is really important i think and has been really important to me just so i don't feel like i'm just kind of like this little black girl Barbie on a bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I've been really fortunate. Like, like I said, I owe so much to art. It's like when somebody wants me for photos, I can be like, hey, let's collaborate more than just me being in front of the camera. Let's do like an art piece. Let's do this, you know. Um, and I think another thing that is really valuable and I experienced this like a couple weeks ago I did a photo shoot with a company up in Canada um, and it was just lifestyle camping but all of their models were also people of color um, and then they had a bunch of people who were working on their crew who were people of color and a good variety of different ages and it was the most fun shoot that I've ever done and it felt the most authentic and it felt like the crew members were starting to get in on the shoot and like the people who were modeling were starting to like pick up the cameras and it just felt so authentic and so fun and I think companies can really benefit from that too just taking the extra time to bring out a diverse unique group of people when we um, you know like think about marketing and taking photos and um, doing like stuff like that and it's just more fun it's more enjoyable yeah yeah I uh, I'm a huge believer in that it matters who is behind the camera just as much as it matters who's in front of the camera um, because it literally is like how you see the world have and have you seen any of the the end you know deliverables from that have you seen any of the photos and did, are they different is that like authentic nature coming through you maybe you haven't seen any of it yet um i actually don't know but i do know that some of the pieces of art that i make um like i just finished up with a piece of art for a t-shirt for brown girls climb and this piece of art is beautiful or i think it's beautiful <laughs> um, <laughs> it is um, a reflection of brown girls climb mixed with like landscape art and mixed with climbing and I don't think any other person could have come up with this fantastic idea and I mean I feel really like honored and special that like I have this unique perspective that I can incorporate with my 
like knowledge and the time spent the time I've spent with climbing um, into an art piece and I've been able to see that like uh, firsthand and be like why hasn't anybody ever thought of doing this and it's like oh well because I have like this unique experience and this unique perspective what uh what'd you do where can can is it out yet can we look at it somewhere um it is not quite out yet um it will be out in like the next couple of weeks so um I'll probably be posting something to my Instagram my Instagram handle is um at bad gal underscore brookie um and basically I created this um like portrait of a black woman and she's got afroy hair but instead of like an afro she's got mountains as her hair and then she's got like little carabiner clips in her hair and she's got like a sun right over her and like I've always thought in my head like when I whenever I was like a little kid especially in Washington where the trees are like really big and furry and they cover all the mountains I always thought the mountains looked like my hair like I always thought like big like evergreen trees on hillsides looked like afros and I've always like thought that was just an obvious correlation but I've never seen it like be actually applied and then to sit down and like and draw that and just be like oh this is so super obvious like this is just right there and but nobody's ever thought to do it it was like a simple solution that's so rad and I think like I know that I was getting pretty emotional and pretty attached to this character and then Bethany who runs Brown Girls Climb was getting really emotional and really attached to this character too because we both had this moment where we were like oh my gosh this is something that I've thought about like forever but never actually seen it that's amazing it's pretty cool to be a part of yeah, I can't wait to see that. So that'll be, they'll, will they be selling those on Brown Girls Climb on their Instagram and website and everything? Yes. Yeah, I'm excited to see that. Do you ever feel like there's too much to do in one day? Between the work and the family and the skiing and the skiing and the mountain biking and the skiing, there's just too much to do and you don't have time to go to the grocery store, but you'd like to cook? Well, guess what? There's a solution where you can get food ordered to your door. It's awesome. But you know what's even more awesome? WheelieCreative.com. It's a creative agency for outdoor brands. We believe that life should be lived, felt, and shouted from mountaintops. And Wheelie is a new school creative agency for people who thrive outside. But wait, you may be thinking, Lisa, isn't that your company? Yes, it is. And I'm paying them to edit this podcast. So you get to hear about it. You thought you were going to hear about some type of food delivery service, but I fooled you into listening to another Wheelie Creative commercial. So check it out, wheeliecreative.com. Branding, strategy, design, all kinds of good stuff for the outdoor industry. That's that's a really interesting view, though. I I love, like, as a visual artist myself, I love hearing about things like that, and I love... I love that, you know, the trees reminded you of your hair. That That's so brilliant. And like you said <laughs> earlier, like like the bearded man is a thing. But now I can see like this becoming a really big thing. I think pe- people will be excited. Yeah, I think there will be a lot of people who 
will identify with it. And I think there's so many more representations and there's so many different, um, at least like visuals, there's, it's just endless. And I sit down and I have been just um, working on this character series and it's been so fun because there are just so many weird like problems that I've been able to solve and so many correlations that I've been able to make um, between nature and like beautiful people of color and pop culture. Yeah, that's that's amazing. What other characters are you working on? Um, I have been creating kind of like this series. I'm not exactly sure how I, what I want to do with it, um, but I want to take my time with it and make sure that I develop it um, in a way that uh, will deliver to the people that I want it to get to, um, people who identify with these characters. But I've created like a non-near girl who's got like these crazy non-near goggles and she's got like these Afro puffs that are also mountains. And then I created um, this like punk rock kind of like uh, biker he's got like these high top dreads but instead of dreads he's got like these chain links and he's you know like um and then i created this other character and she's also like a climbing goddess and she has these beautiful cornrows instead of um hair she's got rope and she's got like these really beautiful fisherman's knots like at the end of her hair and she's got like this crown that is made out of like these um, kind of like southwestern style, uh, like landscape. Just the imagination that you've got is, <laughs> is wild. Like I love that I love that you're using this imagination through art and and really putting it to paper. Yeah, it's weird because it doesn't really feel like it's that wild. It just feels like oh, this totally like works and just makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a like that's a, just a very cool perspective. So, which like which brands out there do you think are doing a good job? Oh man, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't think there is like really any brand that I can think of. I think there's a lot of people who are trying, and a lot of people who are trying to have these conversations, um, trying to include people, trying to include people and make them feel like their culture is being brought into the conversation too. I think that's really important is like the meshing, the meshing of culture. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do with this character series and show people that, oh yeah, you can have cornrows, but also you can be a climber and you can be a queen, but also a climber, you know? Um, yeah don't know if I've seen any company like do it right and I think it's going to take a really long time for it to really happen and be I don't know like I, I guess like the goal is to have things be normalized and it's not quite there yet no and it it is important that people are having these conversations and you know we were mountain biking and Carbondale kind of having a conversation about this a few weeks ago and I've been thinking about it a lot because at our creative agency we've been asked by like every brand we work with like every brand is like go find 
diverse models. And we live in like a corner of Whitefish, Montana in a town of 7,000 people. Um, and so, you know, like our model base is small to begin with. And then to find, you know, a very, very diverse audience of people that can actually mountain bike or people that, that can ski is quite the challenge. And um, it's something that like we put so much thought into um, and, and we don't, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. And it's a tough thing to like honor this big request and do it right. And I think a lot of agencies and photographers and brands are all doing the same thing. Do you, do you have any advice to people on how, how to take this approach in a way that is authentic and like, how can we get it right? Oh man, that's such a tough question. I think there is not one way to do things right as far as diversity inclusion. And I think a lot of people are going to do things differently. Um, one of the things that um, like always seems to come up is, oh, should brown girls climb have their own, like not just brown girls climb, but women of color, especially, like should they have their own group that's set aside for hiking or non-biking or skiing and I think that's really important and I think people need to um, create space for that but then also people need to create space for individual athletes as well or you know just like collaborations between just everyone I think like individual groups need support individual people need support and then everybody as a whole needs support if that makes any sense. So I think there's gonna be like a lot of different groups that are gonna be coming up and uh, a lot of people who are going to wanna be seen and be heard and just taking the time to listen and see them and giving them that platform to speak is huge. Um, and kind of taking into account that diversity is so much more than just color too. Um, it just comes in different shapes and forms and um, diversity and inclusion will happen over time and people are going to mess up um, but I think you know you kind of have to just try and make mistakes and have the tough conversations before anything can really happen yeah but I think like I said before it goes back to relationships and um, making connections and making new friends and taking the time to listen and, um, you know, like really connect with um, all these athletes. Yeah. And is do you find it weird that, I don't know, that oftentimes in the, in the situations I end up in, for example, which are different than everyone's situations, but it's a lot of like, white people sitting around trying to have a conversation about how to be more inclusive to everyone, including race, skill level is a big one, um, gender, you know, all these different ways. And, and like, I think those conversations are incredibly difficult. And like, how, what's your advice for like how people should approach the start of their conversation? Do you think just trying to get as many people in the room as possible? Yeah, I definitely think that would be a great start. Yeah. I mean, yeah, getting a diverse audience of people in the room, having like a diverse group of people 
making decisions, um, like being the creative force. I mean, I I mean, like I already talked about um, the piece of art that I created for Brown Girls Climb. It's like that perspective is not going to come from just anyone, you know. No. Um, so taking the time to just bring in a diverse group of people, um, I think there, and just bring in people who into the conversation who are experts um, and bring people into the conversation who might not be super outdoorsy or might not be like a crazy shredder or a crazy mountain biker or an insane skier um, who is excited about spending time outdoors too. Um, I think the other thing that we have to think about is um, like not everybody's starting from like the same place. Like not everybody like grew up with like the outdoors. Some people are getting into this like head first into like backpacking or hiking and kind of like getting into the gateway of sports. So bringing those people along too, I think is important. And those are the people who are going to, I mean, like I was there like four years ago. I think those are the people who are going to end up making a lot of change and a lot of um, waves through outdoor industry. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, there's people are so multifaceted where people could ask you, you know, what's it like to be a college student in mountain bike? What's it like to be, what's it like to be a woman of color? What's it like to be a mountain biker who's getting into skiing? Like there's so many angles to every single human that I think it's, it's going to be a challenge for years to come on how to appeal to everyone or at least how to broaden who brands are appealing to, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that being able to have these conversations is, is, uh, very important, but also like, is it, do you feel like it's a lot of pressure for you to represent a whole group of people, whether it's college kids or um, people of color or women? Like, do you like being a voice or do you find it awkward when people try to talk to you about it? Um, I am to the point where um, I feel really comfortable talking about it. Um, I think like I have to do it because I experience it all the time, and um, I think for the sports that I love to become better, for me to have truly like love myself, I have to like talk about the struggles and some of the issues that I go through and try to make things better. Um, I do kind of get pulled in a lot of different directions by a lot of different people, and I kind of like at the end of the day, I always have to remind myself like what's really important to me is making art and riding the bike and skiing and spending time outside. Um, and I to be really strategic about, you know, you know, sometimes I just want to go for a ride and just go for a ride and have fun and just be a 22 year old kid and just party and kind of goof off. And then there are some times where I kind of do, um, step into this role um and yeah I don't know it's uh it can be difficult but I think that it's really important for me to do what I do and I know that I'm not going to do it perfect but I can at least try 
yeah, absolutely. And I'm just so grateful that you do. Yeah. And I think I felt really guilty about this for a little bit. Oh, I feel really selfish just pursuing skiing or pursuing mountain biking and like being a freelance designer and really getting after my dreams. But I realized that, you know, like by me just existing in this space, by me telling myself that I'm just going to exist in this space, that makes change. Um, and that like makes waves. And because I have the privilege to be an artist and to be an athlete, that's the reason why I should be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great answer. <laughs> That's just like so much perspective, um, just like such an old soul perspective that you can bring to this table. I get that a lot. It's <laughs> incredible. Wow. Well, I think I think you're a, just a beautiful voice on so many levels, and Thank I'm excited. To, yeah, I just think you're wonderful, wonderful personality and very eloquent, and I'm excited to see what you do me too. in the also, next couple of years. I need to come out to Whitefish and visit and go skiing with you guys. Heck yeah, you do. Yeah. It's so fun. Bring, yeah, bring your skis, bring your friends. Come on over. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. And I'll put your, I'll put links to how everyone can follow you in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it your honesty and and your brain yeah thank you so much lisa all right i'll talk to you soon bye lisa thank you well thank you so much brooklyn for being here you are a badass on a bike and on skis and with adobe programs so i cannot wait to see what the future holds and i hope that we stay in touch uh, because i think i think you're gonna go huge i think you're going big for our listeners out there, you can follow Brooklyn on Instagram. She's at badgal underscore brookie, B-R-O-O-K-Y. Um, and check out her website. It's beautiful. Brooklyn, B-R-O-O-K-L-Y-N, belldesign.com. Make sure you include Brooklyn Bell Design because brooklynbell.com is just like an ice cream company or something. So include that word design. And uh, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next week.